0: Hello, hello there and welcome back to the FFS podcast and welcome back to the MWF series. Now, if you're wondering why, why I mentioned the MWF series in particular, that's because I want to differentiate between the shorter podcast that we're doing today versus the longer podcast that we do every Sunday and that is the main flagship program, which is the FFS series. So the MWF series, for those of you who aren't aware and who are just joining us for this particular episode. It's basically the midweek fixture series where we review games that happen either during the weekend or even midweek games, you know, like the Champions League or even during times like Christmas times where matches happen even during the midweek period. So thank you for joining us on this particular podcast. Uh, and this is episode number 16 of the MWS series. So if you've listened all the way from episode number one and you're joining us and you followed us. You know, every week. Then welcome back. And if you're joining us right now, then welcome to the podcast. I hope you have a good time. We're going to be discussing for this particular episode two key games of the weekend, uh, and two games that actually happened yesterday. And by when I say yesterday, it happened on Sunday. For this first segment, we're going to be reviewing the big match of the Premier League. Uh, I think arguably the biggest match in the Premier League ever, and that is. Liverpool versus Manchester United, uh, which happened at Anfield. Now, I I guess, spoiler alert, it ended as a draw and not the most exciting of games. Uh, but I think everyone who is related to those two clubs, you know, they were on at the edge of the seats, given that either result could have meant something significant for their club. But enough about me. I'm going to pass this podcast on to my two guests on here uh, one's been on the podcast before and one hasn't so we've got Rahul who's been on the podcast before and he supports Manchester United and we've got Mick who supports Liverpool and so guys what did you make of that match yesterday and you know what were your thoughts as you watched it and you know what are the what are the outcomes of that from that result
1: um, yeah, it was. Uh, I had I had big hopes for yesterday. For, um, for yesterday. I'm not going to lie. Obviously, missing Joel Matip was was huge for us. I thought I thought he would be fit after he was in training the day before on the Saturday. So I thought we might see him at centre half, which would have made us a lot stronger in terms of a team because it has a big knock-on effect for the for the midfield. I mean, we played Shakiri, who did play quite well, to be honest. But if Matip was fit, it would have been. Henderson in midfield with uh, Thiago and Wijnaldum, I think. So that would have been a lot better for us going forward. But now that I've had time to reflect, I think it was probably a fair result for me. Man United had two great chances, one for Fernandes and one for Pogba, which two good saves by Alisson. But if one of them goes in, then we're, we're sat here having a different conversation completely and Liverpool are six points behind Man United. So I'm glad that didn't happen. But it's just the it's the same thing for Liverpool over and over. We just can't we just can't score any goals at the moment. I think it's obviously like I said missing Matip and also missing Van Dijk and Gomez is huge. But we're going to have to get used to that I and mean, we need to get over it as quick as possible because it seems to be a lull in the general play from the attacking three at the moment. I think missing Diego Jota is a big a big um, point in that as well. The fact that when he came in he was so good and he he made do the three that usually start have to fight for the position. And now that he's not there, it's it's kind of like that intensity for playing for positions isn't quite there at the moment up until the point maybe he comes back at the end of January. So I can't wait for him to return. But in terms of the game, yeah, probably a fair result. But I just, I just thought yesterday would be the time where Liverpool get rid of this little mini blip we've been on and finally win a game. But no, it wasn't to be, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, so my thoughts are a bit like I had mixed feelings because, um, like, if you would have asked me, like, before the game, I would have taken a draw for sure, like, uh, considering, you know, uh, how big the match was and considering Liverpool's record at home, and so I I didn't mind a draw, like, either whatever, 0 or 0-0, 1-1, whatever it may be, but after seeing the game, I felt that Manchester United really missed the chance, you know, to take points out of Liverpool, like, uh, because uh i felt like this was the best chance to beat liverpool because uh yeah whatever reason because liverpool were not in the right moment as well they were not in the best of forms so their home record was good definitely but uh and it was always going to be difficult but i guess considering the fact that they were like they had a makeshift back four which they did uh, well they did decently well as well so i felt with the chances we had i felt that we really missed a chance to take three points and I don't know if how long now I don't know when we'll ever get a better chance but uh, yeah overall I guess um, uh, a draw would is a fair result I guess but overall uh, I would I would say that you know Manchester United probably deserved the win they definitely didn't deserve to lose so I was just hoping that you know uh, the chances that we missed uh, would not cost us in the end because you know uh,
3: yeah I I,
0: I mean like yeah. From from Liverpool's like from Liverpool, if you watch the match, you see Liverpool dominating possession, and that kind of accept, like you'd 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 expect that from Liverpool at Anfield, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Were, were you slightly surprised though that Oli would go slightly defensive, given like you said that this was probably their best chance to beating Liverpool, given the injuries, given that I think like I, Mick also mentioned our top three aren't firing. I don't think we've ever we've scored a Premier League goal for some three hundred odd game minutes, which is very, very odd. You'd normally, we, everyone thought that after Van Dijk and uh, Gomez and Matip got injured, we'd leak yeah. more goals, but we'll still outscore or maybe score a few. But it seems like the opposite has happened. We've not leaked as many goals, but, but we definitely scored. haven't scored many to win games. And like Michael Owen nicely says, <laughs> you need to score goals to win games. Well, so,
1: yeah.
2: So
0: you're I asking
1: think- me if I
2: was surprised, right?
1: Yeah,
0: but Mick, you wanted to say something
1: as well. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say. I think I think what you're saying, Dreith. Uh, I think we've became defensively more structured, but usually we're a yeah. lot more flowing than that. And Van Dijk and Gomez allow that because we've got they're so quick and they're tall, they're strong. They've got everything in terms of what you want as a centre half into in modern football. It gives us that safety blanket in a way to go to let everyone else run forward and and create havoc. So without that we're having Fabinho there who's been absolutely exemplary, how good he's took to being that centre half really. And without him, we would have we would have uh, been a lot further down the table. We've got a lot to thank Fabinho for. And uh, the fact that we're still up there, I mean, looking at the table now, what we're fourth, which isn't good reading, uh, but it's really tight up at the top of the table, isn't it? So we've got Burnley on Thursday and like I said, we need to turn these performances because I mean we were a lot better against Man United than we were in the previous game. So I'm hoping it's slow build up until a point where we just absolutely batter someone and, and give. Hopefully, Burnley will be on the on the opposite end of a of a hide. on Thursday, yeah. Uh,
0: but Rahul, go ahead. Uh, I asked you whether were, were you surprised about the no. the defensive tactics by Oli.
2: No, I was expecting the lineup. What was uh, you know like what was put out? I like I knew Lindelof would come back because for some reason. Lindelof and Maguire is always favourite pair so I knew that would happen and I knew Scott uh, McTominay and Fred would play because uh, you first, firstly want to create a, a solid defensive base for against a team like Liverpool which we know like if they're on song uh, with the front three they have though they have not been on their best of forms but you know you uh, you, you don't need any motivation against when you're playing Manchester United so you definitely, we definitely needed that defensive solidity. So I was not surprised when uh, uh, he chose uh, Fred and McTominay as a base. So that was very important because we know we are good on the counter and we uh, can ex- exploit spaces uh, in the Liverpool because both uh, Trent Alexander and Robertson keep moving forward. So if we took uh, advantage of it a little bit more, I guess things would have been different. But I was only surprised that... Kavani didn't start because I felt he could have made a much better uh, difference in the first half at least, like if, we, uh, if, you know, things would have been played out a little bit differently. So, I was a little surprised why Kavani didn't start. So, that for me, that was, I felt like Ole went a little bit too naive or something though. I Marshall don't know, I mean
0: that, like, like Marshall and Rashford,
2: Rashford provide, provide yeah, pace. Bradford, and- correct, that I agree. But, uh, for me, I felt that, uh, in a big game like this, I felt like, uh, Cavani's experience would, be, uh, would have made a difference. Because if you would have seen the first half, like Rashford did have his best game and he was making, uh, a lot of, uh, poor decisions maybe towards the second half as well. And his, uh, his, uh, like he was not able to, to keep his runs in check. You know, he was keeping yeah. moving yeah. offside. And, You know, these are small margins in these big games and you cannot like you have to be a lot more aware of your positioning, you know, because in these big games you're not gonna get many chances. When both the teams are, you know, trying to be a little more compact, you know, you're not gonna get many chances. And when you get those chances, you have to take them. And that's what happened and I felt that even I felt we had a great chance when we were on the counter and Rashford didn't pass the ball. I was like, What the hell? (laughs) you know, like how 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 can you not do that? Because that is for me that is the game right I, there.
0: I think I think Mick and I are used to it with Salah having those kind of chances where he doesn't seem to pass. But yeah, uh, I I can understand
2: that. I mean, it's 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 a striker's. I mean, yeah. like selfish. So these are the few things that actually decide a lot of things. You know, like that yeah. could have been a difference between like now what three points and you know one point. You know that it makes a big difference. So. So that is the reason why I was disappointed because we had the chance to uh, kill the game, but we didn't. But yeah, yeah, overall, a draw is not a bad result at all, uh, considering how mm. we it was last season. I felt this was a much better Manchester United performance, and we yeah. were looking the more likely to score, which was uh, a good positive sign. And defensively, also we were pretty good. But yes, lots to improve. But um, you know, we still have to uh, to. A lot in order, in order for us to sort of keep that proposition because Man City are they are hunting down and they are mm. gaining form now, and yeah. I feel they, I feel they are the favourites to win the league because they definitely are playing well and they have the best squad. I've always believed that. So yeah, let's see. Good, good for now, uh, yes. but maybe it might be a crucial point as well if you look towards the end. So let's
0: right and Mick, I'm mean, talking about you know chances not being taken. One of the more controversial. Issues that happened and could have been a great chance for Liverpool was that forty fifth minute where Paul Tierney decided to blow the whistle, you know, five seconds before even the added minute was up. So, what did you make of that decision to do that?
1: Absolutely baffling, to be honest. Uh I have no idea. Like even I mean, before, like when it happened, I was like, I'm sure I didn't look at the time straight away when it happened. But then, obviously, I looked on Twitter and people had took like a screenshot of the pass, and it was like he. Pl- He blew the whistle on, like, 53. And I know we're talking about quite small things here, really, but I I don't understand why a referee, when he's said he's going to play a minimum of one minute, which Dermot Gallagher, who was a former referee in the Premier League, was on Sky Sports today talking about this, and he said he's obliged to play one minute. If he's going to say one minute, he's he's obliged to at least play one minute and and not any less, which is, it's a small thing, but it's it's, it's still...
0: We've seen this before by referees blowing before the before the added minute. But normally it's that 92nd minute, 93rd minute when the game's almost already done. You yeah. don't kind of do that when a pass has been made. And especially Mane was going to go one-on-one. And this kind of feeds into what I think Klattenberg's, everyone's obviously now irate about what Klattenberg said. And this kind of fuels that <laughs> rumor about the easing or you know how referees kind of
1: favor certain teams. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think I I've, I was annoyed about this more last night, but now I'm like we still had another 45 minutes to, to score, and we we didn't really we created a few yeah. chances, but we didn't do enough really. So it's I know what you're saying in terms of that because it he shouldn't be blown up like even if it was for any team, and I was watching a, a I don't know Leicester versus Southampton, and it happened, I'd be like why well why is he blown blown up early? It doesn't matter who it's for. It's the fact we just want consistent decisions, and I think even some of the decisions he made last night were absolutely infuriating. There was a couple of, like Maguire uh, was trying to wait for some contact off Salah, didn't get it, so he, he grabs all the Salah and pulls him down with him. And it's just little things like that where if if Anfield was full, if the, if the sta- fans were in the stadium, them decisions wouldn't get given. And I think it's not like a bias towards Liverpool. It's like a, I think it evens the playing field because. I do think Man United do get favourable decisions. I think they always have, and I think they always will because of the, the stature that, of the club that they are. So, not having the fans there do, doesn't doesn't help us in that regard. Because I think referees get away with it a bit easier because they haven't got sixty thousand people screaming and shouting at them when they make a bad decision. So, ultimately, it was it was it's it's that down to us to to not make those things bigger than they are. Like t- now, we can look back and go, yeah, it was a big thing, but. In hindsight, you should be still finishing the game off with 45 minutes left. Like it's our own fault. So that's the, that's the trying to positive way I'm trying to look at it.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, when I saw that, I was like, okay, this is definitely in line with what's been happening with us this entire season in terms of decisions going like against us when it really mattered. But all right, uh, Rahul, from Ollie's perspective, what does he take from this? Very very important point. You know, normally we the the reverse fixture is the first fixture uh, in in previous seasons. I think past two seasons we normally go to Old Trafford first, and then you come to Anfield. This time it's the other way around, but it's still a a, a point away from home where you normally had lost earlier. It's a good thing. So what does he take from this?
2: Of course, it's a positive uh, like progress. Definitely, like I said, uh, it's a much better performance than last year and uh, whatever the situation may be, you know, going to Anfield, you know, where, you know, Liverpool have been unbeaten for so long. And I think uh, there's another thing that I read yesterday that this is like, uh, them Liverpool, they've not, first time not scored in a while at home. Is that
0: yeah, that's what I said. No, not at home, but we haven't scored in some 300 odd minutes in the Premier League, which has yeah, been a while, I think. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you have a home record as well, but yeah, definitely... At least in the Premier League, we haven't scored for a while, and that's been quite. At home?
2: No, I thought you said we are the first team to like not let Liverpool score in a long time at home.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, you said, as in yeah. Manchester? City, uh pro- pro- possibly at home.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, so in that way, yes, of course, it's uh, a positive uh, thing for us to take forward. And uh, like the only thing that I wanted was uh, was I did, we should not lose this game. So I would not mind a draw. Like I said, I would have taken a draw before the game. But since how the game panned out, all right, we missed our chances. We were not very clinical. So it's a positive thing for Ole. And the only thing right now is to uh, make sure the consistency is there uh, after this now. Like when we play the other teams like, you know, Fulham and Sheffield United, you know, we cannot afford to uh, lose those kind of games because then this point won't make any difference at all, you know, because the league is so tight right now. You know, uh, yeah. one game, and then you go to what third and fourth position? <laughs> and, like this, what like happened? Yeah, like whatever happened to Liverpool? So it's not safe yet. So I'm not like really, uh, like gonna get carried away with it. But yes, it's a good uh point. Definitely, it's a positive thing. But yes, we need to keep uh this run going on. Yeah. Uh, let's see how it goes now. So, we we just have to be consistent. But yes, it's definitely a much better uh, response than last time, for sure.
0: Awesome. And Mick, from Klopp's perspective, obviously, again... It's a, it's a good point to take against a very good Manchester United squad who's got a good away record this season. But yeah. on the other hand, Anfield... I think we last you know, lost at home. Anfield only
2: last year. So, yeah, I remember that.
0: <laughs> Possible. Yeah, so again, at Anfield, you know, you don't want to draw. And especially, like Rahul mentioned, the table is so tight, you could fall from first to fourth, like we did in just a, in just one game. Or you could, again, pick it up. So, what does Klopp take from this
1: now? Difficult because I, I think this was a slightly better performance than than the previous couple. Uh, obviously, we lost to Southampton, didn't we? So, and obviously, yeah. we be beat Villa's kids, which wasn't. Can't really take anything from that because it was, it was a bunch of eighteen-year-olds. So, albeit a good scoreline, it was still it was still expected. So, I think it was good that we didn't lose uh, yesterday. I mean, like we said, they touched on the, t- the two chances they had. Uh, they should have scored at least one of them. Really, it's it's thankful that we didn't, and we we got the got the point. But uh, we've got Burnley on Thursday, haven't we? At home as well. So it's it's these type of games. Like yes that's what I'm saying. Yesterday, I expected a big performance from Liverpool because it was a big team coming to Anfield. A point to prove. Like I know we're missing key personnel, but still, the the eleven players I got put on the pitch because I should have had enough there. To, to beat Man United yesterday, I thought it's the smaller games against Burnley and um, mm. like Brighton. Got Brighton coming up as well at home in February. Obviously, you've got Man City as well at home as well in February. So that'll be a, a good one as well. Hopefully, Yacht okay. is back. But it's just it's the smaller games that I worry about. Burnleys and the lower teams who are going to come to our field, like like West Brom did and uh, like Newcastle did, and you can, you put ten men behind the ball because they know that it works. It's tried and tested. Now that we with a little bit of a, a mini blip, and if you if you play defensive and just keep it tight at the back then we haven't quite got the answers creatively in the front three at the moment to to figure it out no, that was it I was that was it I was just looking for hopefully that it's it's small accumulations we're a bit better yesterday I'm hoping Burnley I'm just hoping I'm waiting for that game where we just absolutely tonk some more I'm waiting for them hoping it's going to be Burnley on Thursday
0: yeah it's probably going to be a Leicester or a Crystal Palace because Rodgers and Hodgson love to give us some points yeah yeah <laughs> uh but all right uh rahul i i'm afraid we are running out of time here yeah no so problem no problem. that's yeah. fine yeah so uh save it for the return like save that question for return like hopefully <laughs> yeah. uh we'd love to have you on here so thanks mick and rahul for being a part of this podcast It was a pleasure having you on here and uh can't wait to host you in the near future whether it be for such reviews like this or for longer podcasts no, well, yeah. whether we talk Liverpool or whether we talk Manchester United or we talk the Premier League as a whole, we can do some something a little more analytical, something that we can really sink our te- teeth into. Yeah. So thanks, a little Mick. longer podcast, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, thanks, guys.
1: No cool,
0: thanks. Cheers. <clears throat> awesome. And, uh, yeah, uh, Mick, I'm just going to give you a, a minute or so if you want to uh, talk about your podcast as well so that, you know, people listening can also tune into yours.
1: Uh, yeah it's the coffee podcast if you search for if you search for it on youtube or on spotify apple podcasts pretty much every podcast if you just search the coffee podcast you'll find it on there um, youtube the coffee podcast where we do live streams we react, react to team news react react to games we've got a couple more new shows coming up about uh the weekend tweets so all the relevant tweets for the week we'll sit down and react them all we've got a few big guests coming up which I can't say yet which um, hopefully some ex-players ex-Liverpool players that we'll have on the show and we've done quite a few of them in the past as well the likes of soko and Soto and the rest of the world and Bolo's ending and uh, commentators like, like Clive Tildesley have been on with us as well so there's been quite a few a few, few interviews that have been amazed that have had this opportunity to do stuff like that so it's um, yeah go and check them out and if you if, if you like the stuff give us a little subscribe we'd love to we'd love you to.
0: Definitely will do. And thank you for that. And thank you for listening to the this particular segment. Uh, I guess that's about it for segment one or part one of this episode. I'll catch you soon with part two. See you. All right. So welcome now to part two or episode two. And for episode two, oh, sorry, not episode two. So part two or segment two. And for segment two, we're going to be discussing Another big match that happened in England, or but this time we're going to swap genders and look at the WSL, the Women's Super League, uh, and in particular, we're going to look at a clash at the top of the table between Chelsea and Manchester United. And I think if you were uh, if you were to ask me which game was more entertaining yesterday, I would definitely say Chelsea versus Manchester United. I think that topped what happened in the men's game, and yeah, there's at least in terms of. The goals and the number of controversies that, have, uh, that was there or occurring during the game. So, uh, yeah, to discuss this, because I, j- I, only, I watched, I think this was my first WSL match that I watched. But, uh, yeah, to discuss this in greater detail, and they'll give you their thoughts later on. We've got Natalie, who is the founder of the Barmy Army, who's the official supporters uh, of the Manchester United women's team. And then we've got Radha, who's been on the podcast before and she supports Chelsea women's team. I think she's been on this this series as well, the shorter one, uh, I think a few episodes ago. So if you've listened to that, you might recognize her. So thanks, uh, Natalie and Radha, for being a a part of this podcast, featuring on this particular segment. And for hopefully, what I hope is going to be an entertaining next 20 minutes or so. So thank you for that. And I guess I have only one question for you, which is, what were your thoughts on that particular game?
4: For me, I thought it was end-to-end. I thought it was exciting. I thought, um, you know, we, we held ourselves really well. Um, you know, we've only started two, two years ago. And what we did, uh, LJ's goal, Lauren James's goal, was absolutely world-class. And I think, you know, unfortunately, it's just we didn't come out of it at the end. I mean, I think we've i heard Casey said since, you know, 1-1 it looked like we could have done something but it was just a ball over the top and it's something that we should have really done better with but you know I think a lot of people were saying 5-0 this 6-0 that not obviously the rider but other fans were sort of brushing aside our chances and I think the fact that we're joint top yes they're top on goal difference yes they've got a a, a game in hand but I think you know a level on point points, and points are what matters you know for me I'm proud of my team for for just everything that they've ever done.
0: Awesome. Yeah, definitely. I think this was I think especially for me I I've never watched a, a WSL match before but I knew, you know, Chelsea, Arsenal were the you know, the big teams in the WSL and to see Manchester United like you said a newly formed team uh, over the past couple of years and to see them actually go toe to to head to head versus Chelsea and take them on especially in that second half it was it was quite entertaining to watch, uh, and rather from your perspective as a Chelsea fan, what did you make of that game?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, great to have to win. I think uh, firstly it was uh, top quality football. I think a perfect exhibition of the top two clashing away, and um, you know, surprisingly enough, we could have. Close, you know, you could argue that we could have closed it within the first fifteen if samka had, you know, made her chances. I think um, there was a wobbly start for United, and I think Chelsea didn't capitalize, although they could have. But um, it was it was a solid performance, I think, from both teams, and um, especially with uh, that set piece goal. that was a bit of a mix up in the in the box, and that went in. But Lauren James, I think, that was the goal of the match. I mean, shaking off G with a with a fake, and then one two with Hansen, and curling it in the net. I think it's it's what you watch football for, and I think um, as a Chelsea fan, I'm happy we got the win. I think a crucial game; all eyes were on this fixture. It's good to it's good to come away with momentum and uh, building on to you know the the midweek fixtures and then going on to the weekend again. But I think, as Casey Sony also mentioned in her post match interview, I think a lot of confidence to take away for both sides. Um, and she she rightly mentioned, I think you know, you know, just convert that confidence into points, and that'll get you on top too.
0: Right, and yeah, definitely. I think. The amount of number of chances that Sam Kerr had in that first half, it, it, it was a wonder that you actually managed to score that first goal. You, I think, you, it was on the third attempt that you managed to get into yeah. the box, right? It was, it was yeah, we, we should
4: have cleared it. We should have cleared it, you know. For me, I think mm. there's little defensive things for us, we should have done better clearing that, clearing it, uh, clearing when Kirby obviously was running through. You know, these are the things that you're going to learn. I think we've learned a lot since the team formed. I mean, yeah, we probably would have got battered. Um, maybe a couple of years ago, even a couple of months ago, but I think now you know it's it's you know, we're talking about their goal, yeah. It, it just it's a lot of frustrating things, but I think you know, like Samka had their shooting boots on, yeah, we would have lost by more,
0: yeah. I, I, to mention, I think the commentators had mentioned that uh, United were, I think the gap between Chelsea and United last season was in the double digits when they finally uh, you know, called it today with the league, right, because of the pandemic. And this time around it, they were actually, you know, ahead ahead of Chelsea in the table before the match. Uh, but Natalie, the one frustrating thing from watching Manchester United uh, yesterday was the fact that the number of offside decisions given against them. And some of them were quite, you know, you could bring in technology goal, and prove goal, otherwise.
4: Mate. We, scored, yeah. a goal. we <laughs> scored a goal and it was a legitimate goal. And I know people yeah. say, no, well, if you look at this and... I think the referee's standards, not just for United, not just because it was there, but there's been a lot of poor refereeing that's gone on in the WSL and you know, you wouldn't see it in the men's game, so I think why do we accept it in the women? And it's not like I said, not just because it's Man United. I think we've only got ourselves to blame, you know, losing that game. Um it's just yeah, it's poor uh, the standards and the girls don't deserve better.
0: To be fair, though, you do see that in the men's game a lot. Though, unlikely now as a Manchester United fan.
4: Well, VAR would have played that up. You know what I'm saying?
0: Uh, I I wouldn't put too much of trust in VAR, but coming as a speaking as a Liverpool fan, but sure, I get that. I think there was a need for technology at that point, and even if there was a fifty-fifty chance that it was onside, that would have worked. Uh, that would have been crazy for United.
4: You know, to go in at one-one, how would mm. they have felt? How would they have felt? And I just think that's the difference. That's the, you know, Katie is a word that she always says, it's fine margins, fine margins. And yeah, it's, it's our fault why we've lost. But, you know, these things, you need it. Like you say, it's a need for technology there because that's a big money match that first versus second. And we're second now. But, you know, if we've gone in 1-1 and, and listen, I'm not bitter because, People will say, "Oh, listen to it," but I'm not bitter because I think I'm proud of my girls. They've done really well. Yeah, we've lost. We take it. We move. But there's little moments in it, and I mean, you brought it up, and I'd I'd like to hear what Rada thinks as well about about those moments about the referee generally. Yeah, no, it's frustrating. I mean, as a, as a fan of
3: the women's game, you want to see the right investment and the right standards. You know, have to uphold it to a professional level and. Um, yeah, I mean, every sort of offside call is argued by both sides of the thing but at the end of the day, you know, if you have technology, it's best to use it to have the most objective outcome and I, I really think that if that goal was um, counted the whole conversation in the dressing room would have changed the entire momentum would have been shifted especially with um, Chelsea missing a few chances here and there and I think um, that, you know it comes down to those fine margins, as you mentioned um, it, it does and, you know, that that wins you big games at the end.
0: But how, how uh, you know, what like how proud must Emma Hayes be? Because coming into the second half, I think United totally took the game by the scruff of the neck, and I would say kind of outclassed Chelsea in the second half. I don't know whether Chelsea, I don't know rather whether you thought Chelsea kind of took their foot off the pedal a bit because they were lead, they were probably leading one one nil, and they felt maybe they were they were slightly in more control. They knew that the chances were coming. Uh, you know, what did you make of that? Why did you think there was a shift in dynamics post second half, uh, yeah. post the break?
3: I think United stepped up big time. I think they played football that they are known for playing, and that they they're able to play. And that really, that second half was where Chelsea were tested to like an equal measure. And you, you saw that goal come in, but then you, I know that Chelsea didn't, you know, take their foot off the gas because they sort of uh, scored back and retaliated within the minutes, right? So you see that they have that winning mentality immediately. It's not, it's not that oh, oh we'll settle for a draw. It happened in the in the last meetup too. I think um, United just, you know, matched up, and uh, that was great to see. Honestly, as as a viewer, um, it was it, it kept us on the edge of our seat, and I think that that's what you watch football for. And um, yeah, I mean, it it was just um, a question of United stepping up, and I think whatever Casey told them in the halftime talk really paid off.
0: And Natalie, from United's perspective, the the absence of Toby. To- Tobin Heath, right uh, a lot of, there was a lot of conversation of whether she would be playing uh, or whether she'd come in as a substitute but i think there's an injury to her how how great of a loss is that
4: oh tobin is like our bruno you know and i don't know we're talking about the women here but that's the influence that she's had on our team she's in, our bruno in, in that he,
0: in that she trips herself and gets a penalty always
4: <laughs> no 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 <laughs> yeah. she she is changes the game like she did against Man City. I mean, God, if we had brought on Tobin Heath, uh, just after or just when, you know, or just when we were building that momentum, Tobin and Lauren and Press and Tooney, for me, it would have been different the game. Um, he is a big, massive factor. Uh, Hayley Ladd talked about her giving a team talk at half time. And I mean, we talked about that one one at half time. If, um, You know, potentially Tobin giving that team talk at 1-1 would have been different to Tobin giving that team talk at 1-0. And for me, she's different class, world class. And yeah, we missed her loads.
0: Yeah, I mean, we saw her even shout at the players, even when they were trailing 2-1, trying to motivate them, trying to push them forward. It, It was quite interesting and quite nice to see that, you know, even if she wasn't on the pitch, she still has some sort of, you know, influence off it. Uh, and, and I know, rather, you've got a lot to say about her as well.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, oh, she's okay. she's world class, as Natalie mentioned. And yeah, and I, I think that, um, you know, we were lucky that she didn't come on. But uh, I, I was really sad because I wanted to see her on. And the, the fact that she was coaching them from the side, you could say, or, you know, talking to them and guiding them shows that experience that she has and, and what she contributes to the team even without, you know, stepping on the field. So, yeah, I I actually wanted to ask Natalie if I can just digress here a bit, but I wanted to know when you heard the signings of Press and Heath, like, what was your reaction? It must have been just over the moon,
4: right? Oh, 100%. Um, I mean, for me, I think I was more excited for Press and Tobin has just absolutely taken my breath away. Um, (laughs) And I'm excited for Press as well. Press is building back up. And to me, I thought she she was one of the best players. Uh, I wouldn't say she's the best, but I think her and Leah were linking up and it was it's great to see and just the her happiness and the pitch always smiling always happy and I, and I love it and I mean the change in mentality for me that was a big thing that we needed to do we needed to take those 1-0 defeats and turn them into getting points and you know we, we lost a lot of games last year that's what I'm talking about those 1-0 defeats and now we've we've come back and drew with City we drew with Chelsea early on and they weren't even in the team we beat Arsenal you know things like that and I think they've Tobin and I mean the whole team, but Tobin and Press have had a big influence on that, and they're a big reason why we are where we are. Um, and I know a lot of their fans will say, "No, they're the only reason." No, they're a big reason why. And God, it—I mean, Tobin, especially if she can stay an extra year, I think we're in that Champions League, and we're going to Europe. And the fans are back with Tobin. Oh my God, it's going to be going off. It's going to be electric.
0: I hope you got the answer, rather.
4: Yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, rather, but from Chelsea's perspective, how what does Emma Hayes take from this, you know, victory? And plus the fact that you've got a game in hand as well. So you know, how comfortable are you going to go into the next few games knowing that you've got that lead?
3: Yeah, I, I guess it, there is a psychological aspect to it where you, you you know you have a game in hand. But at the same time, I, I don't think, with, with, like, with such an experienced coach as Emma, I don't think she's going to um take that for granted or get complacent. I think they go into each match, especially like in the in the, the last few months, the, the WSL's been super competitive. I mean you see Reading, you know, uh, tying with Arsenal. So obviously every every sort of game is uh, is tough and you have to bring your best home and away both. So um I think you know Chelsea kind of go into the same mentality that every team uh, is a is a team that they have to beat and you're not gonna underestimate them. Uh, they if I mean you know Take it, they might even call themselves the underdogs and go in because that helps them out. But you know, um it's always nice to have that game in hand. But having said that's not that's not, you know, uh, the end all result because pe- any team can steal a point of you or a couple of points of you um in any match.
0: And Natalie from uh Manchester United's perspective, Casey Stoney, what does she take from this? I know it's a loss, but you know, the fact that you did stand up to Chelsea and had had clear clear cut chances, uh and You know, could have drawn the game as well. So what does she take from this now?
4: Keep going, keep going, keep doing what we're doing. This is (laughs) two years old, man. Two years old, that's what she takes. And she just says, keep going, keep grinding. We're getting, hopefully, some new players in. Uh, For me, I think our next game, big game, uh, in the top three is against Man City. You go there, you get the three points. Arsenal, you go there, you get the three points. You keep winning. Birmingham next weekend. Um, let's let's push this goal difference now. Because you know the points and the boards what matters and we're level on points, we just need to push that goal difference as well. I think that's a big thing. Uh but just keep doing it, you know, it's not defining our season. Our season we defined in May where we're sitting in the league. And hopefully, you know, if the FA Cup restarts for the women, hopefully there'll be a trophy.
0: Awesome. And I guess the final question that I have for both of you is. Team GB is in the lookout for a coach. Which one's willing to give up theirs? For no chance. A- <laughs>
4: no chance. I'll tell you now. No chance. I know. Yeah. Not at all. You don't. you playing for Man United. That's bigger than no Team GB and Lioness. That's all I say.
3: <laughs> no, none of them are going anywhere. I mean, they're the two queens of the WSL. And they have, um, you know, you could argue that they have a really competitive season ahead. Almost as competitive as the Olympics or as, as you know, coveted as that. So they're not going anywhere. I don't want to see them going anywhere. But at the same time, I want the Lionesses to, to get a decent uh, intern coach until Serena Weekman comes in.
0: Okay. Uh, should have let Philly, old Philly boy take it itself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> kind of glad. Uh,
0: okay. Uh, all right. So thanks, Natalie and Radha, for coming on to this podcast, for featuring on this podcast and giving your thoughts on the game. It was a really, really fun talk. And I uh, can't wait to host you in the near future, whether it be for such reviews or for a longer podcast where we kind of dissect and analyze and go into detail about your team or the WSL in general. So thanks for all of that. And yeah, can't wait.
3: Thanks. Thank you.
0: Thank you. All right. And thank you for those of you to those of you who are listening to this particular episode. I guess that's about it for segment two, part two, and the entire episode as well. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this half hour or little more than half hour of podcast content. And if you do, then please do leave a like, you can subscribe, you can follow us on seven different podcast platforms like a- Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Amazon Music, if you're not in India, Pandora. Yeah, we're there, we're probably everywhere. Um, and if you want to be a part of the podcast as well, please do reach out. You can do that on Twitter and, and on Instagram, where I try to keep as, as active as possible. Um, and so, yeah, and if you find yourself bored or you have nothing else to do, please do go ahead and listen to our previous episodes, either of the MWS series or of our main flagship FFS series. Uh, I'm pretty sure you'll be entertained and you, yeah, you'll probably forget that you were ever bored. So thank you for that. And I guess I'll catch you all next Wednesday. I'm your host, Braddy. Once again, that's it for episode number 16. See you.